0: Out of all the things God can do, He can't fail. Yes. And we say that, you know, we preach that, we teach that, but it's a cliche for us. Yeah. I saw it out of all the things He can't do, He can't fail.
1: Welcome back to Advent Next, a theological podcast curated for curious faith discussions. We're so excited to kick off this year's podcast with Dr. Carlton Byrd, the senior pastor at Oakwood University in Huntsville, Alabama. Dr. Byrd is also the speaker and director for the Breath of Life television broadcast. Today, our topic of discussion is evangelism, both the process of introducing new believers to Christ and how to keep them interested in the church long term. This episode is brought to you by the Adventist Learning Community, a platform that offers free online courses and resources relevant to you. You can stay up to date and catch some of our behind-the-scenes footage by following us on Instagram or Facebook at AdventNext. My co-host today is Michelle Odinma. You can follow her at the handle Michelle Odinma Music. As always, I'm your host, Kendra Arsenal, and this is AdventNext.
0: Uh, My father's a pastor, retired Adventist pastor. And so I grew up where annually there was some form of public evangelism. Mm. So whether that was a prophecy class, a prophecy seminar, uh, back in those days, a tent, so tent evangelism. (laughs) Yeah, I grew up that this is a part of who we are. Mm -hmm. So that was placed in my DNA. Uh, My mother's side, even, you know, evangelistic meetings. Tent revivals. Yeah. So that's a part of who I am. So therefore, when I you know, accepted the call from God for ministry, mm. a major part of that was leading other people to Christ. Amen. And I praise God for that because I believe that um, the Lord, in every evangelistic initiative, other people aren't getting saved, but I'm getting saved all over again.
1: Mm. And
0: I believe he has me in his work because he is trying to save me.
1: Wow. Right.
0: So for me, it's it's who I am.
1: It's personal. It, it's,
0: oh, yeah. It's who I am. So wow. that's the best way I can answer that.
1: You know, people who might feel discouraged in their local churches or somebody who's really on fire, but they're not really seeing the results that they think they should. Well, what, what kind of encourage would you? Stay
0: faithful. God rewards faithfulness. And let, let me be clear. Let me just tell you a little story, if I may.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I've told this before, but, you know, everyone thinks, oh, Carlton Bird, hundreds, thousands being baptized. Let me tell you, when I first, uh, my first district uh, was in a three-church district in southern Mississippi, mm. Laurel, Mississippi, SoSo Mississippi, Columbia, Mississippi. And I never will forget I conducted. I went to the Laurel Church, three churches now, and the Laurel Church had two members. Wow. I'm sorry. Two, okay, two. Help, okay. You hear what I'm saying? I'm talking about Kendra and Michelle. I'm two. I'm talking about the three of us are at church, uh, and at that time, you know, I, I was not married. Uh, didn't, my wife and I had not, you know, we weren't married, so I had yeah. no children. You know, because sometimes the pastor's family can boost the right, right. attendance, <laughs> right? I'm talking about two members, and they were both over 65 years of age. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about one Sabbath. I was preaching. <laughs>
1: they was and
0: down great. south, <laughs> and worse than that, one of them lifted their hand. Down south, they'll lift up their hand, finger. That's a way of respect, saying, I, I need to be excused. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. One walked out and... The other lifted up her hand about five minutes later. She walked out. And I'm still preaching.
1: Oh, no. It's just you? To me.
0: And so then I came back in a little later on. And so after church, after I finished preaching, I said, you know, let's have a business meeting here. <laughs> and I said, I need to understand why both of you walked out. Did I say anything offensive? They're like, oh, no, Pastor. We just had to go to the bathroom, you know. Oh,
2: my goodness. So we had to
0: institute a bathroom break. But anyway, we had—, we had I had two members in that church, okay? Uh, so everybody thinks, oh, Carlsberg, Breath of Life, uh, yeah. Oakwood Church. Two members. Yeah. I cut the grass.
2: <laughs> Humble, uh, beginning. Sign. Humble beginning. Humble
0: beginning. Sign, painted walls. Yeah. I was the janitor. Wow. I mean, okay. He was
1: the bus driver. Right, right, people. right, Every right. right.
0: <laughs> so I said, we have to do some type of evangelism. Mm. Mm. So I said, I have these two ladies. I said, let me run a vacation Bible school.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
0: And so we didn't have money uh, because I returned my tithing offering to that church right. because it needed it. <laughs> and my offering pretty much kept
1: <laughs> Everything's everything going. Yeah. yeah,
0: So I said, uh, we're going to have a vacation Bible school.
2: Hmm.
0: And so the pastor, we don't have any money. And we're all, I said, don't worry about it. We're going to do it. And so I didn't have an evangelism budget. So I put my money in. I never forget, I put like $200 in from mm-hmm. me, me back then. Yeah, And uh, the conference director for Sabbath School, of which Vacation Bible School came under, I, I called him. I said, I need some help. Do you have anything? He said, I'll match what you've given.
2: Mm-hmm. And so he sent
0: me $200. So I had a budget of $400 mm-hmm. for the Vacation Bible School.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: So I, I made some flyers, and I'm not a graphic designer, <laughs> but I made some flyers on my computer I uh, printed them. The church didn't have a copy machine, so I had to go to a Kinko's or a copy and, and printed them. Mm-hmm. I found two young men. They may have been eight or nine. Two boys in the neighborhood. And I said, listen, fellas, here are some flyers. I want you to pass these out. And if you pass these out and you come back to me, I'll take you to McDonald's or I'll give you the money. I'll give you the money. That's what happened. I'll give you the money to go get a Happy Meal
2: mm-hmm. from McDonald's. They were excited. They are like,
0: okay. So I... I Gave them the flyers. They yeah. passed them out. They came back to me. I gave them money for the Happy Meal. They were excited. Hmm. Opening night, it was a Sunday evening, opening night of that vacation Bible school, 53 children showed up.
2: Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's fantastic. Wow. I was wow. so
0: excited. Yeah. <laughs> those two ladies were like, Pastor, what are we going to do? What are we going to I said, don't worry about it. <laughs> I just need you to prepare the snacks. Right. And I'll do the rest. So I used to teach the songs. Wow. Uh, Do the lesson. Wow. Play kickball with them. Right. 53 kids all week long. Wow. So I said, listen, this is what we're going to do. For Sabbath, instead of having regular church, Mm -hmm. we're going to have our Vacation Bible School closing program. Mm.
2: Because
0: my goal was to get all the kids there and have their their parents parents come. Right. Sure enough. Mm. We had the vacation Bible School closed. Program. I thought I was, you know, at big church, you know, <laughs> full of people, you know, the kids. Everything. I was oh, all so excited. <sighs> so all the parents came, and I got all their addresses.
2: Mm.
0: So I said, man, this is good. Yeah. And so I said, I'm going to conduct an evangelistic campaign. The lady said, Pastor, what did you say at the Education Bible School? Now you're talking about an evangelist? I said, we can do it. We can do it. Mm. So sure enough, we ran and conducted an evangelistic meeting in that church with those two ladies, God blessed us. Mm-hmm. At the end of the evangelistic series, we baptized three people.
2: Amen. Amen. Added numbers. Yes. Amen. So we were from
0: two to five. <laughs> yeah. Praise Amen. God. That's a right? family. So, right, 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 right. So we were from two to five. So long story short, at the end of the year, the conference has an awards banquet for, you know, people who, you know, they give trophies and plaques away. Yeah. So the conference president gets up and he says, we now want to give the award for evangelism. Mm. And we want to give the award to the pastor evangelist of the year of our conference. So I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be these people who baptize, you know, great numbers and whatnot. So he says, our pastor evangelist of the year. Is Carlton Bird. I'm like, what? <laughs> he said because he increased his membership by 150%. From Amen. To right, 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 uh, right. Praise God. <laughs> praise the Lord. You know, so I was Amen. excited. You know, got this plaque. I still have it to this day. Amen. And so I, I'm saying little becomes much yeah. when you place it in the master's hand. That's right. And back then it it wasn't the 100s, It wasn't the 50s. It wasn't the yeah. 150s. It was three people. Amen. Yeah. But the Lord blessed and went from two
2: Mm-hmm.
0: To five,
2: amen. And
0: so, different ways, you know. For for me to start it out, it it wasn't just I'm gonna have this meeting. It was Vacation Bible School, right?
2: Mm. And
0: those ladies' faith, it was rewarded. God rewards faithfulness, amen. And so I said, you know, Lord, you, you if we're faithful in small things, yeah, that's right. You know, and we continue to be faithful, He will reward us, and God can trust us
1: with the little things. With
0: the little things, mm. He can trust us with the big things. Amen. So I praise mm-hmm. God for that.
1: Amen. Wow. And how has, in your experience, I mean, how does evangelism change across contexts? Uh, like, like, do you find that you have better results in one area versus another? And how do you tend to train, change your strategies?
0: I think that, uh, first let me say this. Uh-huh. I think the blessings of God are on people, not places. Okay. Right. You know, there are a lot of people that say, well, uh, that's a hard area. This is fertile territory. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And while that may be true, the blessings of God are on people, mm. not places. Now, you your expressions were, well, if you're in Timbuktu somewhere and you get four or five baptisms, that's like having a hundred in another area. And there may be some merit to that, but I still think the blessings of God are on people, not places. You know, God was very clear when he told Joshua in Joshua 1, wherever your feet, Right. Go wherever they touch. I've already been there. Yeah, I've already blessed. Right, And so I think we have to be mindful of that. Now, I do think we have to, Paul says, I become all things to all mm-hmm. people to win to mm-hmm. win the more. Yeah. So I think we have to be mindful that there are certain things we do in different contexts mm. and cultures uh, to be more, most effective in, in reaching people. But we're very clear. God brings the harvest. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He, 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 you know, he, he brings it. He does it. But I do think that within certain cultures, certain contexts, there are certain things you must do mm-hmm. to best reach people. So what we would do in the South may be different than what we do out West. And then even within those cultures, there are changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we do in North America might be different than what we do in intra america Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. And I think we have to be mindful of that. Uh, within our North American context, how I would preach a sermon to one audience may be different than how I preach a sermon to another audience. And so you have to know your audience, just like with music. You all know this. You know, there are certain songs you would sing a certain way to this audience Correct. versus that audience. Right. But the goal is you're trying to win individuals and people for Jesus Christ. So I think you have to be very mindful of that. But the yeah. blessings are on people, not places. But you have to understand your audience.
2: So, even along that same train of thought, um, the millennial generation and the Gen Z, um, you know, some people or some people in ministry or just speaking of evangelism in general have a hard time um, contextualizing their evangelism to meet a certain uh, group of people or a certain age group. What do you say about that? What are some,
0: um,
2: why would people
0: be? Uh, have trouble doing that. I think your point is very valid. I think you have to understand that if I'm dealing with persons within a certain age group, the way we seek to reach them, attract them must be different. For example, um, we we could do a mail out. If I'm doing a major public evangelistic campaign, yeah. right, we could do a major direct mail mm-hmm. uh, to zip codes or whatnot. And there might be people who respond mm-hmm. for a millennial or you know, even someone younger, they don't they don't care. So right. so you have to use social media. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay, and, and whatnot to be able to effectively reach them. And I'm just talking about marketing. Sure. But that is an example, in my opinion, of how we have to different strokes for different folks. Right. Yeah. Different strokes for different age groups. And so you have to be mindful of that. So I tell people all the time when when we're when we're doing Breath of Life, an evangelistic campaign, that it's not either or; it's both and. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So we we've got to do the social media for marketing, for example, but we also have to do those traditional or conventional things for marketing as well. Right. But but you're right, and and you have to be intentional about that. Sure. You know, because you can just say, you know, you can think about past successes, and you can think your past successes are gonna
1: feel your past. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah yeah, and that
0: that's not gonna happen. And yeah. that that's something. So I tell myself, I have to reinvent myself
2: mm. daily. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: you you've got to reinvent yourself. So what was good, you know, I've been doing this twenty five years now, pastoring is hard to believe. Mm-hmm. But what I did twenty five years ago, that's not gonna work today. Yeah. So you have to constantly reinvent yourself. And my my daughters, my wife and I, our daughters are very helpful with that. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, mm-hmm. Daddy Kids. <laughs> That's <laughs> not it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. They, and they will be, I don't wanna say brutally, but transparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, honest you know and so that that's a help to me Uh, i remember being in one church that i pastored and there was a music committee there and um the music committee was primarily composed of people within the same age group Hmm. and people within that same age group who thought the same Hmm. and so we added someone else who was a bit younger on the music committee And, and they used to think oh this person's come with all these crazy outlandish ideas and whatnot. i said but guess what Though we may not do them, we need to hear them. Yeah. So where we may be here, and this person may be here, at least the conversation helps bring us here. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think it's very important with your question that we understand with marketing, even with the way we present the message. Yeah. Uh, if, if I go to a traditional audience, I need to have a shirt and tie. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm not in a traditional audience, I need to be a bit more relaxed. It may be a polo yeah. shirt and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, in a traditional audience, it might be. Let's preach and let's, you know, in a non-traditional, let's be more conversational. Yeah.
2: Right. You know, so,
0: so, so I think that's very important. Wow. So
2: I guess, how do you deal with people who have an issue with the principle of being all things to all men? Because they feel like they're kind of selling out on their own moral beliefs and what they stand for. How do you address people like that?
0: Well, I think we have to help them understand that it's not about them. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, you know, we're, we're trying to win people. And so in winning yeah. people for Christ there are going to be people that don't think like us, don't yeah. look like us. There's diversity of thought, diversity of opinion. The main thing is we can't compromise the word of God. Yeah. Right. So the message is the same and I say this all the time. The message is the same, but the method must be different. Right. And I have to challenge myself mm. because if you're not careful, you can get in that modality of
1: doing the same right. thing. And Creatures this is of the habit.
0: way we right. Mm-hmm. This is the way we do it. This is the way yeah. we've done it. God is blessed with a measure of success. And so it's just going to continue to happen. No. So I have to challenge myself. Yeah. And so, um, no, we, we have to change up.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. And I think it's an ethic that even in the secular world, you see this happening. Uh, Business models, the way that they're always having to keep up with the time, especially in our present generation, things are changing so fast. And so for the church to feel exempt from that process, we really are going to miss a certain generation.
0: You're correct. I think one of the biggest things, if I can get vulnerable here, one of the biggest things is with with me when I'm invited to lead an evangelistic series somewhere, Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is... uh, the there's always the expectation from uh, the inviting organization or even the leaders of the organization that there's going to be a quick fix. right? Okay, that Carlton Bird's going to come here and we're going to get X number of people instantaneously, immediately. Mm. And I think what we have to be mindful in this culture and context in which we currently live, that it may take a little bit more time yeah. You know, it, it may take some time. So where we want instantaneous results because we feel we're investing in this and and I understand that because rightfully so if there's going to be an economic investment major, you know, we're going to expect a return on that investment.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But I think we have to understand particularly with the population which we we deal with today. That's a process. Right. And that may yeah. take longer, you know. So it, Persons today where years ago, let's say 50, 60 years ago, evangelists come in, they preach our four, five, six weeks, and there's going to be this automatic flow of individuals coming in and and responding to, yes, I want to be baptized. And, yes, I want to join church. That's a little different today. yeah. And I think we have to be mindful of that. So when we do different things, where it's more conversational, where it's more relaxed and decentralized, yeah, I think there has to be an understanding that we may not get the numeric results instantaneously that we used to get with traditional and or conventional evangelism. And I think we have to be prepared for that.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. So take us a little bit through your own evangelistic journey. Okay. You know, like what has been some of the highlights, the challenges uh, for somebody who is, you know, in, in Paraguay who may not know a Carlton Bird. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I would dare to say, within this context, North American context, yeah. uh, we're living in a highly secular world.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, cool. Not only are we living in a very highly secular world, so so I could elaborate on that, you know, <laughs> but you, you know, we're we're living in a world today. Um, Fifty years ago, if a man and a woman lived together. Mm. and they weren't married. That, I don't care what denomination you were in. Mm. That was considered wrong. Right, right. Today, yeah, you know, I'll drive they the car get... before I purchase it. Right. And that's that's not, you know, so so just simply secular. So I think we have to be mindful of that. The other thing that's different today, um, there are so many distractions. Mm. You know, there are so many distractions pulling people's attention. Yeah. Um, that makes it more difficult. Uh, another thing today, you know, just the hustle and bustle of life. If I can, mm-hmm. you know, say that, uh, you get up in the morning at six a.m. Um, you, you're getting breakfast ready, getting the kids off to school. Uh, Eight a.m. You're at work. You're there till five. You pick up the mm-hmm. kids from after care. Um, you then have to, you know, soccer here basketball here, karate here, piano here.
2: Where's dinner? Right, dinner.
0: And and then you're saying, okay, come to the church for an extended period, two, three weeks Mm. for an evangelistic series. People just, I don't have time. Right. You know, pastor, I appreciate what you're doing. I support what you're doing, but I just don't have time. You want me to do all these things, then get to the church at 7. We don't get out till 8.30. Mm. By the time we get home, it's 9.30. Take showers, take baths. And we got to start all this over again. And you want us to do this for an extended period of time. I just think people's accessibility and availability is very different yeah. than what it used to be. Yeah. You're dealing with, you know, if it's a two-parent home, you're primarily today in order to live. You're dealing with two-wage earners. Yeah. If it's a single-parent home, you're trying to make ends meet with your family and with your kids and whatnot. And so I think not only are you dealing with the secular But you're dealing with just the social, you're dealing with time, you're dealing with availability and accessibility, and it just makes it very, very, very difficult. So when you're an evangelist and you're saying, come on out to the church or come on out to the convention hall or whatnot, people are like, "Mm." and then with technology today, and you always talk about evangelists, it takes a crowd to build a crowd. People are like, well, I'll watch on the internet, you know, and, and so then people are watching on the internet and you have more people who are viewing than persons who are actually seated Mm, in the venue where you're conducting the evangelism. Uh, And so then people say, well, no one's coming out. And, you know, people get discouraged and, you know, it's, it's, it's tough.
2: So how do you get around those obstacles in modern day evangelism?
0: I think in Jesus name, you have to press on. (laughs) But, but (laughs) But I also think those things that aid in getting people to come out, you have to do. So you have to have a bona fide
2: Mm. children's
0: ministries program. Right. When I say bona fide, I'm not talking about babysitting. Yeah. I'm talking about bona fide. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about manipulatives for them to do. I'm talking about audio visual that's off the charts.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: I'm talking about food. So
2: that they want to come. That they
0: want to come. They're like, I got to be there. uh, Most recently uh, in our ministry at the Oakwood University Church, we had a vacancy on our pastoral staff. And the priority for me was we're going to get a full-time children's ministries pastor. We have to do this. We're the same way we're intentional about planning church worship and church ministry. We have someone that all they do is do that for children. Yeah, Okay, so for evangelism, that's one piece. Then, you know, I'll be honest. Uh, that's what you want. Uh, I should, not that not I would be dissent, but transparent. You know, your music has to be on point. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it has to be on point. Right. You know, so you have to be very intentional about that. Your musicians, mm. your singers, even if that requires remuneration for them. Yeah. The day is over, we can just say, Brother so and so or sister so and so just come. The
2: piano. we
0: have yeah. to be intentional about that. Amen. And that means, you know, and I, I like remunerating them. And that's biblical. You yeah, it is. Talk about the Levites. <laughs> yeah. That's biblical. And I like that because there's some sense of obligation sure. that yeah. they have. Yeah. And they have to be held accountable. Right. Yeah. To to provide the a standard. certain level. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that. Um,
1: and they can give you your best. Correct. Exactly.
0: I'll invite, um, and I've taken some heat for this, but that's Okay. I've invited, you know, persons who are Christians, mm-hmm. but they may not be of our faith,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. but they
0: may be well known in the community. I've sure. invited them to come sing. Yeah. Uh, that is a sense of magnetic attraction yeah. for people within the community to come. Amen. They come. They see the friendliness of the fellowship of the people. Yes. They hear this music. They hear the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. The children's ministry is on point, And that is an enticement, if you will, for them yeah. to return. Yeah,
2: yeah, just to support that. The vast majority of people are listening to Christian music that's from people of various denominations and faiths. So to have them come and sing, I mean, that's amazing. Exactly.
0: (laughs) I hear from people all the time, well, they're not of our faith. You're (laughs) having all No. (laughs) They love the Lord.
2: Amen. You know,
0: and maybe they will hear something. Right. And they'll want to come back. Right. And, and, you know, this is God's work. I don't know what's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. But... um, you know, we've gotta we've gotta move forward, you know, Amen. with that. You know. I think that we have a lot of uh isolated mm. yeah, I call it ancestral ministry. Mm-mm. <laughs> And the fruit, Good word. Of, the fruit <laughs> of incest. Okay, well, incest. We want to minister to no one but ourselves. Right. Yeah. We preach to ourselves. We sing to ourselves. We teach to ourselves. We yeah. preach what we want. Yeah. We yeah. teach what we want. We sing what we want. And so we have ancestral ministries. Mm. Yeah. And the fruit of incest is always something retarded. <laughs> so we are retarded <laughs> churches. Amen. Amen. Because we care more about ourselves. Yeah. Than reaching people for Christ. Right. Yeah. Growth is not what well, I'm going to leave my Adventist church and I'm going to go to your Adventist church. Right. All we're doing is moving furniture. Sure. We've got to reach men, women, boys, and girls for Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we got to come out of our ancestral ministry, come out of our isolated ministry Mm. and reach a greater world. Amen. Yeah. For the savior.
2: Well, I think that just speaks to the mentality and the philosophy of what discipleship is and what the great commission means. And I think, for the most part, we're, we're not thinking in that line of reaching other people outside of who we currently see, mm. who, Jesus's current disciples. Correct. And so I, I really appreciate that. I, I support that 120%. <laughs> Glad to hear that. And, and
0: I'll be honest, there are a lot of constituencies to which we serve. Yeah. Okay. Our, our church members, senior adults, our middle age, our adults, our young adults, our youth, our kids. But I just believe the greatest constituency that I serve will be those that, if they don't hear the gospel between now and Christ's coming, are going to be lost. Yeah. Yeah. And there are people who are daily going to Christless graves. Mm. Now, that does not mean that we shouldn't minister to us. We we have needs and whatnot. Of course. But our greatest constituency and our greatest calling— it's to share the wonderful gospel with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you asked a question earlier, Kendra, about my own evangelistic walk and whatnot. Yeah. And I share with you the greatest joy is seeing people give their lives to Christ. And for me, that is my inreach. Mm-hmm. That is my fire, you asked, and my, mm-hmm. my fervor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed by that, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I think that If we talk, you know, I get into conversations with people because people, you know, you have these musicians, you do some unconventional things. If we get back to our roots and our heritage as an Adventist faith, our pioneers, they were all about the gospel. Yeah. They were all about sharing the gospel. And within their culture or within their context, they did the best that they could and what they knew for their time. Sure. But they were about the gospel of Christ. And I think we got to get back to that. Yeah. We have got to get back to Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. It, it's there's so it's, much. It's, there. it's, yeah. it's, it's 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 not a religion, it's a relationship. Yeah. It's not solely a commandment, it's Christ. Jesus said, if you love me, yeah. then you'll keep my commandments. Right. So I want to see people fall in love with Christ. Yeah. Amen. And when they do,
1: that's it. <laughs> all these other things,
0: they will come into place.
1: Yeah. So what are some of the biggest challenges for you as you're trying to be innovative, as you're trying to reach the community? What are some of the biggest challenges, maybe internally, but also externally as you're moving forward?
0: I think some of the biggest challenges, money. Mm. Mm. Salvation is free, but ministry takes money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amen. And I think that we have got to prioritize yeah. the sharing of the gospel and evangelism. Mm. I just preached a sermon, and I won't quote it here. But there are some things... Ministry of functions, departments we have in our churches, that they just exist to perpetuate. Sure.
2: Yeah. Just keep status quo going. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I think we, we need to take a hard look. Some things, literally, it needs to be earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Hmm. And we need to take a hard look at what is going to continue to make disciples hmm. for Jesus Christ. Hmm. So I think one challenge is money. You, yeah. you, you got to be able to fund it.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: And that doesn't mean that there are some things that we do as a faith group that are not important. Mm. But within our culture and context and current contemporary milieu, it just might be that something else is more important right now. Yeah. And so I think we've got to look at that. Man, we've got our message. Oh, my goodness. It's wonderful. Of course. I mean, it is wonderful. I love my church. Mm I mean, it is wonderful that... Jesus Christ, the salvation comes to Him. Mm-hmm. That God loves us so much that He gave us His Sabbath rest. Amen. I mean, yeah. But we just got to share it. Yeah. But in sharing it, we need to share it in the best possible ways, and I and I think that comes with prioritizing our resources
1: mm-hmm.
0: properly. That that's for me. That's the main thing.
1: Wow. Do you have any uh, like internal? barriers when you're like starting a new evangelistic initiative whether it's you know just a doubt that you go through or just maybe not having the energy or the time or feeling too stretched what are some of the internal barriers that you tend to face
0: from a physical standpoint i think with god all things are possible so Mm. you know i get charged i'm just you know but but you're correct for me internally uh you're stretched Mm. very thin you don't have enough time. Mm. Uh, you want to conquer the world, but you have to understand mm. you are not Superman. Yeah. And I have to be reminded, I am not the Christ. Mm. Amen. <laughs> you know? yeah. Th- this is his right. work. Yeah. But a part of you internally, you just want to do so much.
1: Yeah. The spirit is willing. Yes, right. right, but, but right. Flesh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's weak. You know, you, you just can't do everything. Rome was not built in a day. Right. So um,
1: being patient with yourself yes, to know that right. it's a To process. live
0: and let live, mm. you know, so that, that, that's a challenge.
2: Yeah. I I think another challenge people may face is how to um, inspire and encourage members to partake and be a part of the mission. How do you get your members fired up to
0: to work with you? The greatest way. Okay, I guess you. Can tell, I'm very energetic. Yeah. I'm Very. Let's do it. Yeah. So I I think the greatest way for me is modeling. Sure. Mm-hmm. This behavior. So I'm not going to tell you just to do. I'm going to be in the trenches with you doing. Yeah. So it's not a matter of. As do as I say, yeah. not, not as, as I, I do. do. It is a matter of let's do this thing together. And so the great, you know, so hopefully someone will say, man, if, if he can get out there like this, then surely, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, I can get out there. And I think we have to be mindful. Every, everyone can't do everything. yeah. So I can't expect that my senior adults can get out physically. And knock on doors yeah. like I can, mm. but there is something they can do.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
0: know, I'm, I'm, you know, I think I'm pretty average with technology, but I'm clearly not that information technologist. Mm. But let that information technologist do what they do, yeah, yes. and do it well, and then I can support in another way. Yeah, we all have been given gifts, sure, and so we have to use those gifts for God's glory and understand what our gifts are. Yeah,
2: yeah. okay,
0: and there, there's a difference between, in my opinion. There is a difference between something you want to do and something you're good at.
2: Amen. That's true. Okay. Amen. Someone
0: may want to sing. Hey,
2: that's but that's not their gift.
0: So we we, we have to understand what we want to do versus what God has gifted us to do.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: So I, I think that's important.
2: So uh, on that same line, um, spiritually, we want to help our members grow. Okay. And um, if they're not growing or if they don't have that connection to Christ, they're less likely to participate in any of the, you know, action going on in church. So how do you lead them spiritually
0: for their own personal walk with God? I think number one, it's very important that what we preach. Yeah. We help show, you know, you know, you you can do this. Mm. Yeah. You you can be a part of this, and I, I so I think through preaching, mm-hmm. number two, through teaching, yeah, uh, prayer meeting series,
2: mm.
0: uh, spiritual gifts inventory. Mm. You know, and, and then whatever you start, you got to finish. Mm. Mm. You know, so if you're preaching this, it has to lead somewhere yeah. to something. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Amen. <laughs> you know,
0: it, it has to lead to something. So I think it's very important that through modeling, I said earlier. But preaching, teaching, and then giving people the opportunity to engage. Yeah. Okay, so then after you preach, after you teach, all right, you all, let's, let's do this. What do you want to do? Mm. And I think we have to be very intentional about that. Mm. It does not just happen.
2: Yeah.
0: It does not just happen by osmosis, if you will. Okay. You've got to give the people the opportunity. So the same way in evangelism, where we will preach and we'll teach, and then we make the appeal for people to respond. Mm. With our own members to get them involved, we preach it, you teach it. Now you got to appeal to give them the opportunity to be involved and to respond. That's
1: mm. awesome. Mm-hmm. In in the book that you had written on, uh, I don't know if I have the title correct, is it Contextualizing Evangelism in the 21st Century? Contemporary
0: Evangelism Contemporary. for the 21st Century.
1: So what are some key points in that book that you would want somebody to read and take away with? That
0: evangelism is not an event. Mm. It's a process. Mm. And everything the church does from January to December should center around evangelism. So that's if you're a pathfinder, if you're a uh, Sabbath school superintendent, mm. Sabbath school teacher, community service leader, everything we do should lead people to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. And in that book, I stress that. So, mm. so it talks about evangelism, what God has blessed us with in years past, to where we need to be today. Mm. And so the public evangelistic campaign is just the crowning act. But everything we do should lead people. People should walk in our doors and they should know, and I'm going to use a term that's very familiar. People should walk in our doors and know that there's a certain level of seeker sensitivity Mm. that is being promoted. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's children's ministries. That's to the usher. That's to the greeter. That's to the sound engineer. The sound engineer has to understand their role is important because if the gospel can't be heard, Right. you know, so it's just more than flipping on a mic. Yeah. Okay? Every everything we do must lead people to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. Okay, but you can't experience what you've never had yourself.
2: Exactly. Mm.
0: You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So that's that's very very important. I have visited some evangelical churches mm. that are not necessarily and I I do a comparative analysis in the book. Yeah. Um, that aren't necessarily of our faith. But you can look at their methods mm-hmm. just with secret sensitivity, just with how they greet people, just how they track their visitors. And I talk about that in the book. Uh we have the message. Mm. Yeah. But if we would just employ some strategies and methods to complement right our message, I, I think, if not for anything else, we'd have a greater database. Yeah of persons who would consider uh, coming to our churches for whether it's a public evangelist campaign or a health initiative or whatever it is. yeah. Um, but I think in in the book, I try to stress that. It's not an event. Mm-hmm. It's a process, and it doesn't stop.
1: Wow. What's, it doesn't stop. What's one of the most, you know, how the Lord is using you, like what's one of the most uh, effective evangelistic like initiatives that you're really proud of today that you can look on and say like, Lord, I really saw you work and this is, this is a model for how I want to move forward. Is there uh, something that comes to mind?
0: Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm going to reference yeah. a public evangelistic campaign. Okay. Um, a couple of years back hmm. we were running, conducting uh, breath of life was a campaign in Buffalo, New York. Okay, our Adventist population was not strong at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I was invited by the local conference to engage in a public evangelistic campaign, and I'll be honest: uh, the, the facility had a seating capacity of about twelve hundred people, mm-hmm. and nightly, because there weren't many Adventists in that city, city practicing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we maybe had about two hundred people coming nightly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, great investment had been made financially. And I'm like, Lord, mm. you know. And it was the the, the Bible workers who are our field workers were there five weeks before I came. Wow. Uh, we, I preached for three weeks. And it was grueling. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're putting a lot into it and you got yeah. this huge facility and
2: yeah. you're
0: looking at about 200 people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And um, we would look at the visitor registrations. Most of the persons in attendance uh-huh were non-Adventist persons. Oh, mm. And um, yes, that was, that was encouraging. Yeah. yeah, And uh, because most of the Adventists who were there were serving.
2: Sure.
0: Either with children's ministries, as an usher, as a greeter, you know, yeah. on the sound. And I never will forget that final Friday evening, uh, we were going to call me on that Sabbath, that final Friday evening, I made the appeal
2: mm.
0: for baptism. And I asked the people to walk down the aisle. I've never experienced this in my life. I looked up, the entire oh my audience, goodness. at least 80% of the people walked down to the front. Wow. That next day, I think we baptized 115 people.
2: Wow. wow. Amen. Of That's the about awesome. 200.
0: <laughs> I saw That's amazing. the Lord wow. move. Because you know, I'm all those three weeks I'm preaching, I'm like, right. how are you gonna do this? Right. Mm. And I never will forget that night. Mm. Amen. It seemed like the entire audience walked down. Wow. And 115 people were baptized wow. that next day. And I just, I just give God the glory. And, and that affirmed in me, you do the right things yeah. for the right reasons. God will bless. That's right. Mm. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall, mm-hmm. not might. Now perhaps, shall, Mm. definite Mm. guarantee, be added unto you. That's
1: right. I love Mm. that. In in that effort, you know, and you're seeing God work, what's the one thing that you walked away with that you say, I want to apply this to the
0: future? Is it just trusting in the Lord? Always in my mind, always in my mind, Kendra, that out of all the things God can do, Mm. He can't fail. Mm. Yes. And we say that, you know, we preach that, we teach that, but it's a cliche for us. Mm. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. Amen. I saw it. Yeah. Out of all the things he can't do, he can't fail.
1: That's right. I
2: saw
0: it.
1: Amen. I've seen it. Thanks so much for listening in. We are so excited to bring you the very best speakers this year as we provide resources to help you answer questions related to life and faith. If you have suggestions for future episodes, please leave us a comment below. Once again, we'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Carlton Bird, and the Adventist learning community for making this program possible. Stay tuned for next week as we continue our discussion on evangelism, church growth, and retention. If you want to keep up to date with our latest thoughts and episodes, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at the handle Advent Next. See you next week.